we are starting a series today called The Conflict. Would you turn to that person next to you and say The Conflict? Yeah, not the convict, the conflict. I know that some of you, convict rolls off your tongue more than conflict. So, <laughs> you know, conflict is this word as we jump into it today. Conflict is this word that uh, arouses different thoughts for f- folks. Uh, for some of you, uh, that, that term, you know, brings uh, some frustration because, you know, maybe you used to be friends with somebody and you guys came into conflict and now you've lost that friendship. Uh, conflict for many people uh, brings them those troubled mir- memories. Uh, most of us hate conflict. We run from it. We don't want to be involved in it. We, we just don't want to fool with it. We don't like conflict. And then there are those of you um, who you love conflict. Uh, you love it so much you create conflict for all of us on a daily basis. You just, uh, you're a conflictor. Or you, you create conflicting opportunities for all of us. So you are a conflict uh, 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 motivator. You just love conflict. You create it. You're, that's just who you are. As we jump into this series, though, about conflict, we're going to take a few weeks. And, uh, and, and hopefully, uh, my goal is to answer some questions. Now, I want to I kind of give you a heads up. Uh, this next three or four weeks, these messages are going to be a little bit more mature if you will. I'm going to pull you up a little higher. I'm going to challenge you a little bit more than what I've done in times past um, because the times are urgent. Uh, Because the difficulties that our nation and uh, the churches around the world are facing, it's critical that the believers understand exactly what's happening and what's going on. Maybe you found yourself recently going, what is going on, God? What is happening? Why am I so stressed out? Why am I in such turmoil? Why are are police officers shooting people that they shouldn't be shooting? Why are gunmen going into colleges and blowing people's heads off? Now, in case you live under a rock or you live out in the woods and you eat bear for breakfast and and you don't have a television or a radio, maybe you didn't know, but uh, Thursday uh, out in in Oregon, uh, I I, I practiced trying to say Umqua over and over again at the Umqua Community College. A young man went in there with guns a-blazing and began to shoot and kill people. But there's a specific moment where he lined people up and he asked them, are you a Christian? I'm paraphrasing a little bit. He asked what religion and are you a Christian? If they said, yes, I'm a Christian, he blew their heads off. If they said, no, I'm not, he shot them in the leg. I'm about to make a statement that's going to make you a little uncomfortable. But I want to testify to God's goodness that more people shot in the head than those who were shot in the leg. As I get into my message, it'll make a little bit more sense to you. I want you to understand that there is a great conflict upon us. It has been going on for thousands and thousands of years. It heightened 2,000 years ago. But there is a great conflict that is happening. And you and I not only need to understand that it's happening, but also prepare to sustain ourselves in the midst of the conflict, as well as push forward the kingdom of God in the midst of the kingdom of darkness. With that being said, I'd like to pray over you and we'll jump into the word today. Father, thank you so much for the opportunity to share your goodness. Lord, I pray right now that you would give me the ability to properly communicate some deep truths today. Father, I thank you, Lord Jesus, that we find ourselves at a major crossroads in history. Lord, where the church, those who call ourselves believers, have to literally stand and potentially die for what we believe. Father, I pray right now in Jesus' name that every mind would be open, every heart would be open, that every demonic force that would try to distract, destroy, confuse, and stir strife would be removed from this place 
gates even now. Lord, I pray for the peace of God that surpasses all understanding to right now guard our hearts and minds. And then, Lord, today, may I be a vessel of, of, of approval by you. Lord, today, Lord God, could you use me, Lord, like an extension cord, plugged into you on one side, plugged into the people on the other. They're what lights up, but it's your power surging through me. No one sits around talking about, isn't that a beautiful extension cord? I love that extension cord. No, Lord, we talk about the power that ignites. And so, Father, I pray that you would use me like that, Lord God, that I may be uh, pleasing in your sight. And Lord, every word, Lord God, that it would be submitted to the Holy Ghost and that you would have your way in Jesus' name. And everybody shout it, amen. Amen. Come on, everybody shout it, amen. Amen. Probably caught yourself saying this at least once or twice in the last few days. What would possess a person to do that? What would possess a person to do that? That's exactly the right question. What would possess a person to do that? What would possess people to do the things that they're doing in this hour? I want to propose to you today that the Bible is very clear about two entities that are at war with each other, even as we speak, and have been since the fall in the Garden of Eden. From the very beginning, there was darkness, there was wickedness. The Bible says that Satan or Lucifer was an angel of light, that he was a cherub, if you will. He was a, a archangel. He was a person of importance in kingdom business, or excuse me, in heaven. And as a result of all of his beauty, and all, in fact, one passage of scripture talks about that from his body comes music, beautiful music. And the Bible talks about how in that moment that Satan fell in his mind, he said, I am more beautiful than God. I am better than God himself, beyond Jehovah God. And he tricked a third of the angels into following him into a battle with God. But Jesus said it like this. He said, I saw Satan fall like lightning. Now let me kind of illustrate to you what transpired here. Satan gets a third of the angels and they get all riled up and they're going to attack God and they're going to win a battle and they're going to reign rule the heavenlies and all, get all their weapons and they get their swords drawn, they get their machine guns, they get their all their equipment and they come marching down through heaven and all of a sudden Jesus and God are over here working on something and they look up and here comes all these forces of evil, all Satan and all these fallen angels and the Bible says that Jesus saw him fall like and I picture God was doing something. He goes, uh. and then he kept doing what he was doing. There was no battle. There was no interaction. There was a, a fall like lightning. And then he was disbanded to what is a rim that we call a second heaven in scriptures. We live in the first rim or the first heaven here on earth. We can see and feel each other. We can sense each other. We see each other. But there is a spiritual rim or a second heaven as the Bible refers to them. And there's this heaven where demonic forces and angelic beings do warfare back and forth. Do you understand? Say yes so far. And then there is a third heaven that Paul talks about. I know a man who went to a third heaven. He saw things he cannot mention. Talking about himself, we believe. And in that heaven, he saw the throne of God. There's a third heaven. And then there's a fourth heaven, we believe, that is being prepared for the those of us who follow Jesus Christ. Because he says, yeah, go to prepare a place, a new heaven and a new earth. And so there is this battle raging between two entities. When Jesus came to earth, he increased the battle because God himself in the form of a man shows up on planet earth. And now all of a sudden the plans of darkness, the kingdom of darkness now has direct conflict with the kingdom of light. Light in darkness. And Jesus said, because I am the light of the world. And what the light does is it expels the darkness or the kingdom of heaven in direct conflict with the kingdom of darkness. 
See, the kingdom of darkness has these plans and these objectives. And I want to kind of go through these two with you for just a moment. First and foremost, let's start with uh, Matthew chapter 11, verse 12. And it says this. It says, from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence and the violent take it by force. Come on, my King James folks. I quoted one out of King James for you. Sounds so much cooler in King James. In NIV, they translate it, in the kingdom of heaven, forcefully advance, and forceful men and women lay hold to it. But I love the way it says it in King James. It says, it says look at it, it says, it, the, from the time of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffered violence. And the violent take it by force. You know, you get that picture, you know, uh, what was that movie? You may take off, but you'll never take off freedom. You, know, you kind of get that feel, you know, in this scripture. That the kingdom of God only moves forward as it's being attacked and, uh, and, and, and pushed around by the kingdom of darkness. But forceful, violent, objectively focused men and women take a hold of the kingdom of God business and push it forward. And that's what this passage is talking about. And so with that, I want you to understand the conflict. My objective today is twofold. Number one, that you would understand that there is a conflict happening and that you would choose the right team to be on today. With that, I would call you out of passivity, even though you be a Christian, I would call you out of passivity and help you understand that why these things are happening is not because the government, it's not because, it's not because you know, uh, communism has fought against democracy, it's not because the, the police force, uh, force fighting against the other people, all these things are the stirrings of two kingdoms fighting against themselves. The kingdom of darkness versus the kingdom of heaven, or the kingdom of light. And so with that, let me kind of define these two entities for you for a moment. What is the kingdom of heaven? What is it? It's the enact plans and purposes of God and the earth being propagated through his servants. If you're one of his servants, say me. A third of you. Good job. We'll get the rest of you by the end of service. It's the enact plans and purposes of God in the earth being propagated through his servants. Let's try it again. If you're one of his servants, would you say me? me. Okay, almost half of you. We got, we're getting there. We'll keep this up. We might get you all saved. You say, how does this play out? How does kingdom business play out? How does it enact? What does that look like? Well, let me give you a little bit of thought on that. As Christians, we have been empowered with the Holy Spirit. Do you believe that? Say yes. And so that empowerment, the power of the Holy Spirit, then leads us, according to Scripture, into accomplishing kingdom business. Have you ever just been sitting there with somebody and before you know it, you just feel this unction, this feeling that you should say something to them and before you know it, they're weeping and you're going, oh my goodness, how did I know to do that? Because the kingdom of God at work, that's what it is. That's you being obedient to the Holy Spirit as he leads you. The Bible says this, you know, that Jesus does not live inside of you. You do know that, right? So, oh my goodness, I've been praying the wrong prayers. That's exactly right. Don't ask Jesus into your heart. He's seated at the right hand of the Father making intercession for us all. He said, I will send to you the comfort of the Holy Spirit. He will live and abide in you. He will teach you my ways and my truth. Are you with me? Say yes. And so it's the Holy Spirit. As we become Christians, all of a sudden the Holy Spirit comes and lives and abides in us. And then if you continue working in this church, we'll teach you how to get baptized in the Holy Spirit. So the power of God can flow, not just in you, but also outside of you and through you to a lost and dying generation. And all of a sudden what you have happening now is that you look like, act like, smell like, and talk like Jesus. So friend, whether you like it or not, you're a part of the kingdom and as a result, the kingdom of darkness hates you. That's the truth. So then what is the kingdom of darkness? Well, let's look at that for just a moment, try to answer some of those questions. What is it? It's the plans and purposes of Satan and the earth being propagated through his servants. 
Say, ooh, now how many of you are his servant? Don't say nothing. Don't answer that. You're thinking in your mind, maybe I am. Maybe that's the problem. Jesus in conflict with the Pharisees and Sadducees, he says, you know what? They're asking him, why do you do this? And how dare you do this? You're not supposed to do that. He says, I only do what I see my father in heaven doing. I only say what I hear father God saying. He said, and you follow your father, Satan. He's telling us the church folks. Do you understand that you can be in right relationship with the Lord and being maneuvered and pushed and controlled by the kingdom of darkness. You're going to learn that through this process of four weeks as we talk about the conflict. You say, well, how does the kingdom of darkness play out? What does that look like in everyday life? Well, let me just kind of, demonic forces and the world system push humanity to live and act for their purposes. Okay, so now picture this with me. I want you to get a good grasp. My goal was to set you free in your understanding. So you think that life is about you going to work, making the bills, coming home, having a good family life, hoping to get Rangers tickets, and if you really score, maybe cowboy tickets. You're hoping to, you know, have a a nice retirement plan. You think that's what life is all about. You're gravely mistaken. What's happening in the realms around us is that there is a kingdom of darkness, and its whole objective is to destroy you, your children, your friends, your family. And as a result, they create a system. The Bible calls it the world, the world system. And so what happens is there are just things that are natural to us now. Uh, naturally, if somebody punches you, you punch them back. It's a natural system. It's already been propagated inside of us. We already just do it naturally. You don't have to tell the two-year-old in here, knock him upside the head with a toy. You're like, oh my goodness, little Bobby just hit him. I didn't teach him to do that. Where did he learn that? The world system. He's born in it, into the flesh, into the sin nature. And so within, what happens is these demonic forces, strongholds, demons that are fallen angels, and Satan himself, they begin to propagate all of these plans. And so all of a sudden, you got, you got different, uh, uh, you know, you got UN folks who are just standing there while we give Iran nuclear weapons. We have, you say, how? Who, who in the world would let that happen? Why is that happening? What in, that's because these forces of evil are maneuvering and plotting, and they use people to do it, and people don't even know they're happening. Have you ever been sitting there with a coworker or something, and all of a sudden they just got crazy mad at you, and you're like, what happened? What are you doing? You're like, what just happened? What we're talking about is a real force of evil, a real demonic presence that is in the earth today, pushing and shoving and pro- propagating its kingdom forward. And you and I as believers are supposed to be a part of the kingdom of God, pushing forward the kingdom of God. So everywhere I go, the light of God goes. Everywhere I go, the plans and purposes of God go. And so as a result, if I'm obedient to the Holy Spirit, I begin to destroy this kingdom business because I begin to win people to Jesus. I begin to help people. I begin to love people. For the first time they been loved for the first time they've been treated with respect and all of a sudden that's working against all of these plans and as a result guess what we have conflict conflict that's what we have we have this conflict now look what the bible says about the kingdom of darkness you'll turn real quick in ephesians chapter 2 it'll be on the screen as well ephesians chapter 2 verses 1 through 5 it says it like this as for you you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which, you, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world. How many of you guys used to be dead in transgressions and sin when you followed the ways of this world? Only half of us. The rest of you were born to crusade. Bless God. 
And you, and, and you follow the ways of this world and of the rulers of the kingdom of the air. Woo! And of the ruler of the kingdom of the air. And of the ruler of the kingdom of... And the spirit who is m- now at work in those who are disobedient. And the forces of... The demonic spirits who are at work in the disobedient. You say, why in the world that kid keep doing that? Because the spirits of the kingdom of darkness are at work in people's lives. They don't even know it. When I was a kid, I didn't know Jesus. And my grandmother would, I lived in and out with my grandmother, my mom, single mom, we'd live with my grandma. And I'll never forget, my grandma said, what, what were you thinking? What possessed you to do that? And I was, I, I don't know. And, I, and so they bought me a shirt. The devil made me do it. It had a little tree and a little apple on it, a little kid biting the apple. And, they, and I would wear, and they, and they would just start, the devil made it. It became a joke around that, because I would just do dumb things. Come on, you know what I'm talking about? Some of you look back and you destroyed a marriage, and you say, what possessed me to do that? Kingdom of darkness, it's plans. At work, fight. And so let's continue on in this, this passage here in Ephesians. At work in those who are disobedient. Verse 3, all of us, also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature objects of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions, it is by grace that you have been saved. Somebody ought to say, Hallelujah! And so you and I were dead in our transgressions. We were controlled by this kingdom. We were born into it. We didn't know any better. We didn't. It's like, you know, if you, were, if you were born Asian, you just don't wear your shoes inside. You didn't know that there was anything different until you came to the States. You're like, I can't believe you. wear your shoes on. That's crazy. You know, you're like, what are you doing? And it was a cultural thing. We've been born into this kingdom and sinful nature. And so what happens is when we become a Christian and the Holy Spirit comes and lives and abides in us, then guess what there is? There's this tug back to what's natural. Come on, stay with me. There's this peace pushing, trying to draw us back in. But then the Holy Spirit is trying to keep us in the kingdom business. And so the issue is whether or not you and I will obey the Holy Spirit or whether we will obey the demonic forces that are pulling and tugging and pulling us back in the old ways. Are you with me? Say yes. So when you say, How, what was going through this idiot's head that they would drive like this and almost run me over? I'll tell you what was happening. It was all a part of Satan's kingdom business. It's trying to kill you. I've been in situations where like, that was just demonic. There's no other way. There's no other way. That could supernaturally happen. Then I've been in situations where God, his kingdom business, like that gentleman I told you about a couple weeks ago on the motorcycle, flinging across us at I-20 on a motorcycle as he's crashing and rolling around, and every 18-wheeler missed him, and the man's still alive. That is the kingdom of God saving that man's life, even though he is wicked in the transgressions of his sin. God's grace and mercy for that man, and we told him such, and I believe in Jesus' name that those seeds are going to come up, and he's going to get right with God. But that's kingdom business Versus the kingdom of darkness. And so what happens is when the two come together, there's conflict. And I want to give you a couple truths about this conflict that is about to surge like you've never seen it before. I want to give you some truths out of scripture. Are you with me? Say yes. You still love me? Say yes. Number one, five truths that this great conflict, about this great conflict. Number one, it's inevitable. It's inevitable. See, some of you, your issue is you love God, but the problem is you are still bound to the systems of this world. And so the conflict 
is causing you such difficulty. You say, why am I always stressed out? Why am I having so much problem? Because you haven't completely gotten yourself into the kingdom of God. When you die, you'll go to heaven because you've asked Jesus into your life. But the conflict that you're experiencing is because you're in between two. Have you ever been the person in the middle of two people fighting? Have you ever been that person? Man, y'all are like, hey, y'all don't hit it. Whoa, stop. You just, next thing you know, you're trying to fight all of them. And that's what some of you are doing. You're fighting God and Satan all at the same time. And so what you need to understand, and this is a key piece to my message today, is that this conflict that's happening is inevitable. You can't run away from it. Years ago when I was a young, young, young minister, I was on staff at this big, big ministry, and there's a president, and there's elders, and blah, blah, blah. And so I ended up in an elders meeting. Chairman of the board was there. The president was there. We had these meetings regularly. And me and one of the older elders got sideways, and he'd been talking bad about me and grabbed somebody else and brought him in on it. And so we're sitting in this meeting, and it gets heated. And he accuses me of something. I said, that's not true. And, uh, and then, and then I, I tell him back what he did that I knew was true, and he told me back what he thought was true. And we're getting into it, and we're at it, man. We're going at it. It's awesome. I mean, we're, I mean we're, I'm, I'm standing up. I'm, standing, I'm not backing down. At this moment, I don't care because I'm part of the kingdom of darkness. Anyway, and so I don't care. I'm going to make this guy, he's going he's to, the truth is going to come out, and he's going to be embarrassed about it. Well, the president of the whole ministry is sitting there, and, and, and he, he doesn't really like conflict. So he leans over to the chairman of the board. Hey, I'm going to step outside, and, and, and whenever this is over, you can call me back in. And he, this is the guy who's going to solve the problem. And, and he leaves. And that's what some of you have done. It's because you, don't, you love Jesus, but you also love the ways of this world. And so there's this conflict going on back and forth. And you think that maybe if you just leave it alone, it'll go away. It will not go away. It, it's inevitable that the enemy's going to try to kill your kids. It's inevitable he's going to try to steal your finances. It's inevitable. You can't run away from it. It's inevitable. You just need to simply learn how to fight it and how to join the right team. You still there? Say yes. Are you sure? Jesus prophesies that this conflict will increase in the last days. Look at Matthew chapter 24. Verse 6 through 14. Is it okay if I read some scripture to you today? It says this, And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. This is Jesus speaking. But see to it that none of you are alarmed. Such things must happen. Hey, dude, what you worried about? It's It's inevitable. There are going to be problems. I'm telling you. I don't understand how the Russians can go over to Ukraine and invade them. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars. It's inevitable. But the end is still to come. Verse 7. Nation will rise against nation. Mm Mm-hmm. And kingdom against king. Ooh, kingdom against king. There will be famines and earthquakes. It, it, we don't even blink at it anymore. There are whole cities that have been washed away in mudslides over the last couple of weeks. We don't even know. Where is that? I don't know. But like 10,000 people died. I, guess, I don't know. It's so common to us now. It's happening so regularly now. And there will be famines and earthquakes in various places. And all these are but the beginning of birth pains. Then you'll be handed over to be persecuted and put to death. I'm a Christian. <laughs> I'm not a Christian. You'll be handed over and hated by all nations because of me. And at that time, just a couple of carnal Christians will turn away from the faith. At that time, many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other. He is prophesying that this unity will happen in the church, will turn against each other. Why? Because the kingdom of darkness is in conflict with the kingdom of light. And because of that conflict, people don't want conflict. They don't want to be a part of that. 
They want to walk away from it. I don't, listen, there's this turmoil in the church. I just, people are talking about it. About each other. I'm just going to find somewhere else. Listen to me. You and I have to learn to push back the gates of hell, not allow them to push us back. Are you with me? Say yes. And we're going to teach you how to do that in the weeks to come. Look at what it says then. I think we're, what, and many false prophets will appear, verse 11, and deceive many people. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of, say it with me, the love of most will grow cold. If I asked you the question to define the word most, and we put it in this, in this illustration. If I said the mo- most of the people in this room love the Dallas Cowboys, what percentage would you think I was talking about? 30%? No, because if I was saying 30%, I'd use a few, right? Or some. Half? Would you think it's 50%? No, because if I was using 50%, I'd say half, right? So if I said most, what do you think? Probably somewhere 70 to 90% is the range you'd probably pick. According to this, the love of most will grow cold. Why? Because this kingdom of darkness begins to power surge like it's never power surged before. And the reason why it's able to power surge like it's never powered surge before is because this kingdom has become passive. Because we're so caught up and so distracted that we don't realize what's happening here. And because we're fighting the wrong battles. Because, see, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Your problem's not your co-worker. Your problem is that spirit that's pushing him to be crazy like that. Your problem's not your ex-boyfriend. The problem is the demons that are controlling that man to, to stalk you like he's doing it. You've you got to understand, and we'll, we'll learn how to deal with that in the days ahead. But right now, we're just identifying the big conflict. And he says this, but he who stands firm to the end will be saved. And the gospel, excuse me, this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony of all nations. It's inevitable. It's going to happen. Conflict is coming to your life and my life because there is a kingdom of darkness that hates the kingdom of light. The kingdom of light is on the planet working and maneuvering and going forward and the kingdom of darkness hates it and is doing all it can to destroy it. Are you with me? Say yes. Here's the second point I want you to catch about this whole conflict and that is passivity will not make it go away. Passivity is not going to make it go away, guys. I just go to church. I just want to go to church. I want to feel good. I want the preacher to make me feel, I want to sing some songs that I know. I mean, I'm tired of this whole Christian karaoke thing. You know, the words on the screen, I'm trying to know them. I just want to sing some songs I know. And I, and I, and I just want to feel good, and I don't want problems in my life. Friend, that's foolishness. I love you with all of my heart, and i got to speak truth to you. There's no such thing. The reason why is because when Satan looks, like, looks at you, you look like your creator. Because he says, I created them in my image. When he sees you, everything he hates about Father God, he hates about you. Then the Holy Spirit lives and abides in you, and the power that you possess to destroy his work is intimidating. So if he takes you out, then you can't accomplish what you were sent to accomplish. Do you understand the strategic planning that's happening here? So to get you more focused on building houses and making millions of dollars and buying boats is a great strategic plan by this camp. It's a great strategic plan. I'm not saying we all need to sit at the church and pray all day long. I'm just talking about you and I walking in the kingdom of God business according to what he has for us and pushing back the darkness. All right, are you with me? Say yes. So passivity won't make it go away. How about this next one? You need to pick which side you're on. You need to make a decision. 
You need to make a decision. I love you with all of my heart. And, but back and forth, some days you love Jesus, some days you don't. You need to make a decision, and you need to sign up for this camp and say, Adam McCain reporting, sir, whatever you want to do in my life, my life is not my own. This is what genuine Christianity really is. Somehow, in the United States, we've called Christianity just saying a prayer and showing up and giving a tithe. And so if, I, if he preaches good, I'm going to give him a tip. If it's a good message, if it's a good meal, it's like going to a restaurant. I'll give 10% if they serve. But if they didn't do well, I'm not giving 10%. I'm telling you that now. I, ain't gonna, I, look, I, can get, I can get it online. I can eat a McDonald's burger. I don't have to be a part of the family of believers. I can, just, you know, I can do my thing and love Jesus and not be a part of the body of believers. And what happens is that mentality has permeated. And so as a result, the kingdom of darkness, what would possess a man to go to a community college and blow people's heads off the forces of evil. And they're not getting smaller. It's not getting simpler. It's not getting easier. It's propagating at a massive amount of increase. And you and I must prepare ourselves to know exactly who we are, whose we are. And today, without any delay, you need to sign up for the kingdom of God. Say, Lord, my life is not my own. I'll do whatever you want me to do. Whatever it means, I don't care what I have to do. My life is not my own. And when you and I do that, you want to talk about victory. You want to talk about overcoming. You want to talk about pushing back the darkness. You say, I don't understand why my life is so confusing. It's because you're back and forth. You're back and forth. You love Jesus. And I believe if you die because you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that you'll go to heaven. But your problem that you're having that's driving you insane is you're back and forth between the two camps. And all that's going to happen to you is you're ultimately going to be a part of the most. For the love of most will grow cold. Not me, baby. I want to be part of the few. Passionate, signed up, know who my king is, know, know whatever his marching orders, I, I'll do them. It don't matter what it costs me. So that's why I can say, guess what? There are heroes who got bullet head, bullet, bullets to the head. You know why? Because they said, I don't care. It doesn't matter. Jesus Christ is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. If you kill me, you just get me there sooner. I don't care. Let's go. That's why they're heroes to me. That's why I can say, congratulations. To a group of people who stood firm for the Lord. The next piece I would say to you is this. Number four. Is ultimately this whole conflict is over souls. This whole thing is about souls. That's what this whole thing's about. It's not about. I mean you think about the thousands of years that have transpired. Rome was in. Pretty much controlled the whole world at one point. Europe. England. All those have shifted. Those people don't even exist anymore. Those kingdoms don't even exist. Why? Because there are two kingdoms at work. There are two kingdoms at work. And all the battle is over is for humanity's soul. That's what this is all about. Nothing else really matters. The Bible says it like this, that he would that none should perish, but all come to eternal life. He would that none should perish, but all come to eternal life. The book of Mark, chapter 1. I'll just quote it for sake of time. I love the book of Mark. Mark is so much different than the other books. You know, the book of John is more loving and more expressive. The book of Luke is very detailed. You know, he was a doctor. The book of Mark, he's to the point. He's a man's man. 
He doesn't even have time for the birth of Jesus. He don't care about no manger junk. He goes straight to, look, that dude was on the planet, and he was ministering, and he was casting out devils. The first chapter, he has Jesus walking into a synagogue, preaching, and as he's preaching, this guy goes, and Satan starts speaking, demons are coming. He says, son of God, who are, how dare you come in here? And Jesus says, shut up, shut up. It's not time for me to be revealed. Come out of him in Jesus' name. Mark immediately moves Jesus into the great conflict in his storyline. He immediately moves him into the conflict. Jesus comes and he brings conflict because he's light, because he's truth, because he says the Son of Man did not come to be served but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. He says in the scriptures that Jesus came to set the captives free. It's not just a good little song. It's what he came to do. Well, who's he setting free? Those in the kingdom of darkness, come on, get free. Come on, let's go, let's go. Pow, pow, let's go, let's go, let's go. Get out of there. That's what he's doing. And as a result, Satan's kingdom had to find a way to destroy him. And what he thought was success by killing him became his greatest failure. Became his greatest failure. It's like, we killed him and all he did was multiply. Oh, snap. Now they're everywhere. They're a bunch of little Jesuses everywhere. You understand, Christian is Christians, Christians. There's a bunch of us, and he can't stop it. And so that's why, if you love Jesus, you say, I don't understand. I got saved. I'm serving God, and my car has broke down. My kids have left the house. Everybody hates me at work. What's wrong? Kingdom of darkness. Welcome to the conflict. I'm so glad I'm not the only one. Welcome. Come, let us war together. Let us have this experience together because this is all about souls this is all that this whole thing's about is that people would not die and go to hell that they would not be destined where lucifer and the fallen angels have been destined they were destined there in fact the bible says like this hell was not for humanity it was it was created for lucifer and the fallen angels but when we rebelled in the garden humanity that is we destined ourselves because he became our master he became our lord And so what Jesus did, he came to earth and he said, I'll be the Lord of anyone who will receive what I'm about to do in dying on a cross. And when you and I say, I receive it, Lord, you are my Lord. I don't want to be under that guy over there. That guy, ultimately, he's just going to take me where he's going and I don't want to go there. But then when we get into this kingdom, we realize, wait a minute, there's more to this thing than just getting to heaven. There's actual a hatred from that kingdom who are trying to destroy me. And if you keep coming back for the next three weeks, I'll teach you how to fight that off how to stand strong, and how to propagate the kingdom of God. Are you with me? Say yes. And the last and final piece, and this is what I would tell you. Well, let me tell you this. Still at number four. is ultimately the whole thing is over the souls of humanity. A couple years ago, this gal, I think she was in California, if I remember correctly. A gentleman broke into her house, sexually assaulted her, and for the two hours, put the gun to her head, the knife to her throat, and were making plans to kill her. This woman was in her home by herself. Over and over and over again, she cried out to God to deliver her. Nothing happened. As she is interacting with this man, knowing that she's going to be dead any minute, the Lord spoke to her. Kingdom of God versus the kingdom of darkness. She's a Christian. He's being propagated by demons. And she says, listen, sir, I've been reading a book called Purpose Driven. And in that book, I've realized that God has a plan and a purpose for all of us. And if my plan and purpose today is to die at your hands, then so be it. 
But I have a question for you. Why are you on the planet? Is this the plan that God had for you that you would be a murderous rapist? The man begins to shake uncontrollably. He falls to his knees and he repents. He then picks up the phone, calls 911 for the police to come get him. He goes to jail. Rick Warren tells this testimony because he interviewed the lady. She begins to go to prison to minister to him. Because, see, ultimately this thing is all about souls. You say, I could never forgive the man who raped me and was about to kill me. That's because you're still between the two camps. She had signed up and understood that Jesus said, how can you expect the Father to forgive you your debts if you can't forgive those who sinned against you? It's a good sermon, and it's a good little Bible study until you and I are the one who just got raped. Until you and I are the ones who they just flipped off at the four-way stop, and we know we got our gun under the seat, and they threatened our kids. See, what we're talking about is this conflict. We're talking about this collision of two camps. It's only going to increase, gentlemen. Ladies, it's only going to increase. Whatever you think you've been feeling for the last couple of weeks, the turmoil, the overwhelming depression coming out of this camp to try to destroy you. You've watched the news. You've interacted with other people who are scared to death. Moving away is not going to fix it. Homeschooling your kids out in the country isn't going to fix it. The kingdom of darkness is not limited to a city. Come on, somebody. It's not, it's not limited to one television broadcast. The kingdom of darkness is at work on the earth everywhere. Little, what is it, Rosewell? That little community that this guy shot up everybody? Is it Rose, Rose, Roseburg? 12,000 people. They hadn't had a crime in five years. No major crime in five years. Nothing major happened. They were living in their safe little community, and this happens. Because the kingdom of darkness hates the kingdom of light. And if you belong to the light, then the darkness is trying to destroy you. Last and final point, we'll start shutting down. And that's this. Ultimately, the kingdom of our Lord wins. Ah! Look at what the book of Revelation says in chapter 11. You need to get a hold of this in verse 15. The seventh angel sounded his trumpet. And there was a loud voices in heaven which said, The kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ. And he will reign forever and ever. And the kingdom of the world has been taken over by our Christ. And he will reign forever and ever and ever. He will wipe every tear from our eye. There'll be no more temptation. There'll be no more frustration. There'll be no more pain and suffering. Because he will rule over his kingdom and destroy the kingdom of darkness. And forever and ever we will reign with him in glory. Come on, somebody. Pick today which kingdom you want to be a part of. Stop going back and forth. Make a decision. I'm not talking about getting saved. I'm talking about make a decision. Where are you going to live? Are you going to live in anger and hatred because people are stupid? They are being, they are being pushed by the demonic forces that they can't even stop. One of my mentors who's a pastor in our church here. Amazing. Kenzie's dad. Some of you know him. 
He's pastored for 35 years down in South Texas. He said that last year he was pastoring, there was this 35 churches around the Houston area had been robbed. And the police figured it was the same person. They were going into churches stealing audio and video equipment. And uh, Pastor Charles said that he got a phone call from the police one night about 2 in the morning. And said, come down here to the police station. We caught the guy who's broke into your church. Pastor Charles didn't know the guy had broke into the church. And the guy broke into the church. It was one of his last jobs. He was like number 36. And he was stealing the equipment in the middle of the night. He got spooked and he only took some of it and drove off. About that time, a police officer just happened to come down the highway and see this guy and said, I wonder if he, I wonder what he's all about this late at night. Pulls him over just by chance, had no reason to. Opened the trunk and there was this equipment. The guy said, oh, no, I'm a, I'm a traveling person. I do, I do shows and stuff like that. He said, uh-huh, let me run some information on you. Ran some information on him. Had a couple warrants for his arrest for tickets he hadn't paid. Brings him into the police house. The guy starts repenting and confessing. He said, I, he said, I can't take it anymore. This last one, I can't take it anymore. By the time Pastor Charles gets there, he's already evaluated the church stuff. And he gets there and he says to the guy, he goes, sir, I just have one question for you. He said, why didn't you take the good stuff? He said, you just were taking some of the ugly old stuff that was up in the balcony. He goes, pastor, I was in the balcony taking the stuff. Up in the balcony, I was looking down. And all of a sudden, there was a giant figure standing on the stage. He said, as I was sitting there looking at it, it began to speak to me and say, repent. It's time to change. He said, and I became so overwhelmed with fear. He said, I couldn't move. He said, and I started cussing it. Leave me alone. Leave me alone. Leave me alone. He said, finally, I couldn't take it anymore. I just ran out, jumped in my car, and I'm so glad I got caught because obviously the angels of God are after me. Come on, somebody. I want you to understand. There are two kingdoms at work. There are two kingdoms at work. And today, you and I, we need to pick which side we want to be in. You and I need to sign up and say, Lord, I'm yours. Whatever you want. Because it's not going to decrease. It's going to increase. The violence is going to increase. The turmoil is going to increase. And if you'll come back the next couple of weeks, I'll teach you how to run through it. How to push forward the kingdom of God instead of being in constant defensive mode. Oh, my life is so bad. I'll teach you how to push forward. For the kingdom of heaven suffer violence, but the violent take it by force. Forceful men and women lay a hold to the kingdom of God and push it forward. I'll teach you how to be like that. Are you with me? Come on, stand with me all across the room for just a moment. We're going to pray and let you go get your kids. Make sure they get their ice cream. I want you to close your eyes and bow your heads with me for just a moment. Un momento, por favor. As you stand there with your head bowed and your eye closed, we're talking about these two kingdom conflict. The surge of difficulty that's the result of God's presence on the earth and the demonic forces' presence on the earth. Their plans and purposes to destroy humanity and God's plans and purposes to renew and save humanity. The conflict that is raging over that, the anger and the hatred from this group to that group. It's not flesh and blood that we're fighting against, friend. It's principalities and powers, spiritual wickedness in high places. We'll learn that over the next couple weeks. 
as you stand here today with your head bowed and your eye closed, I've got I've, I've to be, be obedient to the Lord. And I've got to give you that chance, that moment, that opportunity. If you're away from God, you haven't been serving Jesus, maybe you've never been a Christian, you've never surrendered your life to Him. Listen, don't leave this place like that. You think that your life has had difficulty. Let me tell you something. The enemy came to but steal, kill, and destroy you. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're away from God, you say, Pastor, I used to serve the Lord, but I walked away. Life happened. Junk happened. I just, I just gave up. I quit. Listen, I would implore of you, come back to the Lord. Taste and see that he is good. Say, so, oh, man, when I was serving God, you know, everybody in the church was gossiping and slandering. I'm, I'm sure that maybe that's true. Maybe that happened. But friend, don't destine yourself to hell because of what somebody else did. Today, with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you want to own the fact that you're away from God, then I will be a good pastor and I'll lead you back to the Lord. I'll say a prayer with you. I'll reconnect you. Kind of like, uh, like connecting two people who need to go on a date. I'll, 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 you know, I'll be your, uh, I'll be your third wheel. I'll be your, uh, what do you call it, your wingman. I'll connect you to the Lord today. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're not right with the Lord, you say, Pastor, pray for me. It's my time. I need to get right with the Lord. Would you be bold and courageous and lift your hand and say, that's me. I'm ready. God bless you. Thank you for your honesty. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Anybody else? Pray for me. Thank you, bro. Thank you, buddy. Thank you for your honesty. Anybody else? Pray for me, Pastor. It's time. You can put your hands down. Anybody? Make sure I see it. I saw you in the back. There's already been about six or seven of you. Pray for me, Pastor. It's time. I'm tired of living like this. It's time to come back to the Lord. Anybody else? Thank you. Thank you, brother. Thanks for your honesty. About three, four more seconds. I don't want to belabor the point. Okay, I see it. You can put your hand down. Anybody else? Pray for me, Pastor. Amen. Okay, God bless you, sister. Thank you, sweet. Thank you, brother. Amen. Now, those of you that lifted your hand, you can put them down. I want to lead you in a prayer, a prayer of repentance, a prayer of coming back to the Lord. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that he is the Christ, the son of the living God, he will forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. I'd like to lead you in a prayer of confession. I don't think there's anything magical about the words. I think what's supernatural is that you lifted your hand and said, I need God. I think that's what's so powerful. And so let's put a period at the end of the sentence by sealing it in prayer. Say it like this with me. Say, Jesus... Come all across the room, help them pray. Say, Jesus, today I surrender my life, my desires, my wants, and I declare in front of all of these people, Jesus is my Lord. I ask you, cleanse me, wash me, make me new, transform me into your image. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Write my name in your book of life. I promise to serve you all the days of my life in Jesus' name.
Keep your head bowed. Father, I pray for every man and woman who lifted their hand, said that prayer maybe for the first time or a recommitment prayer. Lord, I pray right now that they would feel your love, your compassion. Lord God, that they would feel right now your cleansing overtaking them. Lord, all the guilt, all the shame, all the, oh, the junk you don't know about, Pastor. Yeah, I don't know, but God knows. Lord, cleanse it right now. Let them sense. They don't have to perform. They don't have to say 25 Hail Marys. They don't have to give money to the church. They don't have to park in a special parking spot or cut the grass for the church. They are right with you because they asked and therefore they received. And so, Father, we seal that in Jesus' name. If you reach over and grab the hand of that person next to you. Today was a little bit deeper teaching. If you're visiting with us, I don't apologize one bit. I'm trying to raise up men and women who can push back the darkness. I'm trying to be a part of a a church that's not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm trying to cause men and women to recognize and wake up that life is more than working jobs and paying bills and making babies and getting new cars. That there is a conflict that's happening and it affects you and I whether we want it to or not. We're in the middle of that conflict whether we desire it or not. And so it's with that As you've got your hands joined, I want you to begin to pray and say, Lord, I love you. Help me to see the conflict. Here and now, I sign up for the kingdom of heaven. My life is not my own. However you need me, I'm yours. And in the name of Jesus, I rebuke every plan of Satan to destroy me, my family, my friends, my co-workers, I belong to Jesus who cannot fail, who cannot be destroyed. And it's with that that I say to every power of wickedness, let go in Jesus' name. Let go in Jesus' name. Be thou removed from my life. Your plans have no power in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.